Hey, what's up? This is Eric Reinhardt, and again, drinking my morning cup of coffee and sitting on the Learning Piano Cora Forum, where I'm going to be answering three to five questions on the Cora website. Uh, anyway, so um, I'm just going to dive right in. So this this first one um, is saying, what's the best way to condition yourself not to look at your hands when playing the piano? And actually the top rated answer is saying that this is dumb and um, I think there is some merit, but I don't necessarily think that you need to be looking at your hands at all moments, especially if you're uh, reading the, shi- the, the sheet music, uh, pardon me, um, then you can get very disoriented if you're constantly looking up and looking down. So, I mean, paying attention to feeling where the groups of two black keys are and the groups of three black keys are and just having a tactile memory of that keyboard geometry will really help you. Um, doing some practice when you're doing large interval jumps, say greater than an octave where you have to move your hand and place it, having your eyes closed and moving it and seeing how accurate you are and you can get a spatial memory. And so this can help just with overall accuracy. I know when I play and and I tend to look at my hands quite a bit, if it's a, a bunch of memorized repertoire and Um, my eyes can just like my visual system can be sort of taxed just just constantly looking at a short um, short distance at my hands and so it can be really nice to close that close the eyes Um, but it's not absolutely essential so I think there's a nice balance sometimes people can get like psyched out when they look at their own hands so take that into account Um, and Uh, Yeah, so. Should I give up on playing the piano? I've been playing for approximately nine years, and unfortunately, I haven't enjoyed playing piano very much. But I've been playing for a long time, and I'm also close to the skill level my parents aim for. So it sounds like this person is... has been pushed into piano, even though they don't really like it, and it was never really their idea in the first place. And so I think there is probably some amount of trauma that's gone on in the process of learning piano. So I think that there has to be a relationship uh, revolution for this person to um, begin to view piano in a different light, to um, appreciate it maybe slightly different. Maybe that involves... Uh, choosing different repertoire or doing something completely different than you're used to. Maybe it's improvisation. I'm sure this kid was probably pushed into a traditional lesson experience. And um, maybe it's just they need a break from it, maybe a couple months to a year. And then finally, they'll realize that they're doing it for themselves and not for their parents. But um, even though it's a situation where this person feels down about their piano because they've been forced to do it. Um, I'm sure that they can look back. I would, would hope that they would be able to look back on that experience of being pushed harder than they would have pushed themselves to be a positive one. Because I know when I look back at my life experience and um, 
I, my parents had a very laissez-faire approach, and so I often uh, wished that I had been pushed harder than I had, and, um, and human beings are resistant to change and uh, putting out effort, so um, look for that gratitude, because having, having a support system like that can be very invaluable. Third question. How often is the soft pedal of the piano used in performance? And in particular, they're talking about the unicorda pedal, the far left one in the bottom bottom left. And so on a grand piano, this does something especially unique. So back in the old days, pianos, each key had two strings attached to it, which means um, that when you put on the unicorda pedal, that meant one string. So all the keys shifted over, um, they all move over so that it's only hitting one, it's only hitting one string. And it also hits a different part of the hammer felt. So basically you're getting a different timbre or tone being produced by the hammer and you're only getting one string. Now in modern pianos, we have three strings and it shifts it over and it only hits two strings, but we kept the name unicorda or one string. And this is often used um, to be sort of like an echo effect, um, create a different character in the tone, um, and it just allows us a greater depth of sound than we would be able to with without a soft pedal, but just playing softer. Um, and but unfortunately in an upright piano it just makes it softer by making the distance between the hammers and the strings because a hammer of a piano hits the strings and that distance is shortened so it really it doesn't change um, where it's hit on the hammer and so the timbre doesn't change on an upright piano or um, sometimes even some digital pianos it depends uh, on the sound sample that's used in a digital keyboard. So the the soft pedal or the unicorda pedal is most dynamic on the grand, which is why playing on the grand is probably the best. Um, let's see. Um, I think we're on four. Why are classical pianists bad at jazz piano? Well, so I think that's a generalization, but classical piano players are training to be 100% accurate in their music. So we often involve loads of repetition without necessarily flow in our music. So we take very small segments and we rework them and shape them until they're absolutely perfect. Whereas jazz piano, it seems has a greater emphasis on analysis of music, um, music theory, um, improvisational skills, of course, and they just have different goals and different um, settings in which they are appropriate to play. And so um, very different pianists that can achieve at a very high level and they're specialized in what they do. And so um, somebody who's a classical pianist might be very analytical, might be a perfectionist, whereas a jazz pianist might have a very abstract understanding of music theory and um, 
have a wide range of imagination and so um, the the question could be the same why are jazz pianists bad at classical music uh, or classical piano it's because they have to be absolutely accurate and maybe they don't even want to obey to the strictness that classical the classical genre sort of prescribes or demands um, I'd say that a majority of the classical uh, audience is pretty picky about what they allow and what they're willing to listen to and honor the composer um, which is a load of shit <laughs> in my mind but I continue to subscribe to playing classical music so uh, anyway um, what are the differences between the piano and its predecessors so the piano also known as the pianoforte is the most modern piano and before it there was the clavichord and the uh, harpsichord and um, so this I learned this uh, on a podcast called the piano parent podcast and it was a recent episode like around the 80s or 90s um, and basically the dynamic range on a piano allows it to play much louder and much softer, whereas a harpsichord, when you played it, everything was incredibly... It, it was all... So we were plucking strings on the harpsichord. We weren't using hammers. It was just like plucking a string. And so there was only one volume, basically, that you were playing. And so you could get the notes, but you wouldn't be able to affect the volume or the forte or the piano. And so... Um, this limits its capabilities. Also, the clavichord had the opposite effect. I might be getting this wrong. Uh, so, clavichord could only play soft, harpsichord could only play loud, but, and there was no in between, but the pianoforte finally reunited these with a hammer that was a continuous function of how hard you press the key, which uh, really accelerated its popularity and usability. Anyway, so that's my Cora for today, and I hope you enjoyed this. Take care. Bye-bye.